Cashflow Guys Podcast, Episode 18. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth-building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought-provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us in another episode of the Cashflow Guys podcast. We have arrived at episode 18, and I am here once again with my lovely bride, Jill. Hello, hello. This episode, we're going to be talking about most important thing, the thing that I love to talk about more than anything else, except for maybe cash flow, and that's taking action. <laughs> yes, that's Tyler's favorite thing. Yes, it's all about taking action making it happen, get it done. I don't like excuses. Anybody that knows me knows I hate excuses. And one of his favorite phrases is now o'clock. Yes, it is. Jay taught me that. That is definitely <laughs> my favorite phrase. Get it done. Now o'clock. Love it. Let's start with the different elements, different elements about taking action. Okay. And I want to start with uh, IMTD, our little acronym, IMTD. Right, which is another little thing we learned from Jay. Yep. Just throw it out there. IMTDI is for investor identity. Yes, got to establish your investor identity. We talked about that in previous episodes. We've given you all the, the clues that you need to get there. Now, this episode is not meant to hold you by the hand. This episode is going to kick you off the couch, get you up, get you doing stuff. By now, you should have, have some sort of an idea of what your investor identity is. What are you, a buy and hold investor? Are you gonna, what type of things are you going to invest in? Right. That's how we get down to marketplace. Yes. The next thing, IMM is marketplace. Marketplace. Selecting that marketplace. For us, we've got two different marketplaces here in the Tampa Bay area, beautiful, sunny Tampa Bay. We also invest in Memphis, Tennessee. We invest in these two areas because we have good, great teams set up. We've got a great support system, and it makes sense for us. Eventually, after we get to a certain number of units in each marketplace, we may expand onto different marketplaces. Preferably, I know Jill probably wants to buy a property in Hawaii. Yeah, we I want to buy property in the Keys, somewhere in the Keys. <laughs> right. We'll turn those places on. That gets us down to team, team selection. Right. IMT. This is team. Critical, critical. Now, with our, without our team, huh, can you imagine? Right. And this is critical for taking action to find a team. And it comes down to, for me, and, and, and maybe it's different for you, but it, it gives me an extra layer of confidence. It does. I know that when I make an offer, I've got the team in place that if, if things go haywire or if I need help, I have, there's questions that come up. I don't know how to do something. And trust me, there's a lot more that I don't know to do than what I do know to do, if that makes any sense. But having that team behind you to give you that confidence to pull the trigger and follow through on the deal, get get that action in motion, get things going. Right. I know I could pick up the phone, call one of the attorneys, call the tax people. Call the insurance guy. Right. We need to find capital. We know the phone numbers to make for that. We get the stuff done. It's all about making it happen. That team gives me, I know it gives you, that sense of security. Correct. 
It's critical. Definitely. Next thing we come to in the IMTD is D for deal. Deal. Now, with deal, understand, folks, the deal is the most interchangeable part, and this is the biggest mistake that new, new investors make, and frankly, even experienced investors make. They spend all their time trying to find a deal. Well, you're not going to find a deal. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Deals are made. Right. The most interchangeable part of any transaction is the deal, is the opportunity. You know, you pick a house. Here's one house that's blue and one house is pink. The deal, the individual asset doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You got to have all the elements. You, if, you have an, if you've got the IM and T put together, you're, you're the investor, you got the marketplace, you got the team in place. Don't worry about the deal. The deal will come. You'll work that out. That's easy because all the other elements together are what is going to help you structure that deal. Right, which can lead us down to the next uh, section that we want to talk about. Yes, we're attending those networking events. We covered that in the last episode. We were talking about fear. That was a big one, getting out there, attending those networking events. Right. Gu- guru seminars. Right. Great this is, resource. This is where you would be able to find how you can create deals. Right. And where do you leave your purse when we go to these? In the car. Yeah, you're darn right we do in the car. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they're good at uh, get you to run to the back of the room, swipe your credit card on the break, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead and call the credit card company and raise your credit card limits. That's just It just makes me sick when I think about it. And, and but more importantly, people do this. They run in droves. They're calling Bank of America or they're calling whoever, Capital One, and saying, please raise my credit card limits. I'm getting ready to get rich. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, you're not going to get rich with using the credit card. Leave the credit cards at home, but go to the Guru Seminar, sit there. And the reason why you're there is, number one, Walk away with one thing. Right. We'll talk about one thing later in the show, but another thing that you're going to get from there, networking, right? Networking with who? Like-minded people. Yes, that's critical. Networking with the other people that are just like you. You right. want to take action? Get an accountability partner. You want to find an accountability partner? Look to the seat next to you. Look to the left. Look to the right. There's other people sitting right there. They want to do the same thing that you want to do. Am I wrong? In real estate or whatever it is that you're, the seminar that you're going to, the guru seminar, they are there to learn what you want to learn. So they're already like-minded. That's correct. Heck, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, get on an airplane. If you're not, come down to the cash flow workshop. We have these all the time. We have them twice a month here in the Tampa Bay area. Those of you that are listening in the Tampa Bay area, if you have not been to one of our cash flow events, you need to get off the couch, come on down, grab a, a something to drink and, and grab a meal and spend some time with us, hang out, get into our workshop, get involved, and uh, we're going to be starting a little investment club as well as part as our part as part of our events. So get out there and go. If you don't have, if you're not in the Tampa Bay area, go on Meetup, search the word cash flow game, cash flow, and see what you can find in your area. There's cash flow games all over the country. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yes, they even got them in Barcelona, Spain, and they got them in Italy. I know because I got two friends there that are hosting them. We know they're in California. Yep, they are. You name the state, there's got to be a cash flow game everywhere. (laughs) And if there isn't one, get in the car and drive to one. Or go buy one and make it you put on the game. Yeah, make your own. Right. So, so, you know, next step of taking action, figure out, you figure out your investor identity, come up with an idea of what your returns need to be, what kind of return you're, you're looking to get, why you're doing it. That should have already been established based on previous episodes. You've established your why you, you've established uh, what kind of return you need. Is it, you know, a couple hundred dollars per door? You do you need to make, you know, $20,000 in the next five years. Come up with that number. That's going to help you break down deals. Mm-hmm. Most important step. What's next, Jill? Go see properties. Yes. 
can't see properties sitting on your laptop. Nope. People do this all the time. They're on Trulia. They're on Zillow. They're on some agents, real estate agent's website. Get off the couch. Get off the lawn chair. Put down the drink. Get in the car. Drive your neighborhood. You'd be amazed at how different they look online than they do in real life. Yeah. Now, we've been on a health kick lately, and we've been out walking every morning, and we're finding opportunity everywhere just by walking in our own neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, we live in a nice community, and every house is taking care of everything's all dialed in, but when we walk by, we see... Although behind those bushes is a house. We found a whole compound a couple miles away the other day. Sure did. When yeah. we were walking. It was pretty cool. And we found a vacant lot as well that we were, we're going to be writing off run. Which leads us to taking action again. Once you find a, a, a property or an abandoned home or anything like that, take action, write an offer. Right. Do some research. Figure out who the owner is. You can do that anywhere in the country. You go to the tax, tax collector or property appraiser's office, whatever. They all have a website. Pull it up. That'll tell you who owns the property. Now, if it's owned by a private person or a company, get on the phone and track them down. You can use a website, such a website like the called thatsthem.com. That's a great resource. You type in the that person's name. Hopefully, it's not Tom Smith. But if it's a most people, uh, you can type in a name and an address. So I've done that before for the Smiths and the Billers and the Browns. You write uh, you write both both their name and their address, and it will. In some cases, it give you either their cell phone number or an email address. And granted, you'll get several variations. Call them all. Email them all until you find out who it is. What have you got to lose? Right. What's another place, another way, another great way? I did this right next door with the property I wanted to buy. We Property right next door to where we live, I wanted to buy it. Couldn't get a hold of the owner. Nobody could get a hold of the owner. Well, right. I put, and I got this from my mentor, another ninja secret. He told me to go put a for sale sign in the front yard and yeah. put my phone number on it. Right. And lo and behold, I got a phone call about 24 hours later. Who from are you? From the owner. Yeah, from the <laughs> owner. Who are you and why are you trying to sell my property? Well, I'm not. I'm trying to buy your property, but I couldn't find out who you were and I needed to make an offer to you. So while I have you on the phone, have you ever thought about getting involved in real estate investing? He says, well, of course I've gotten involved in real estate investing. I own a fourplex. Great. Is it for sale? You ever thought about selling it? I noticed it's looking a little rough around the edges lately. Maybe I could help you out. Mm-hmm. And then off we go. And you've just started a whole conversation just it, that easy. Exactly. Taking action, writing offers. That's Yeah. Practice. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. And when we say write offers, folks, it could be a letter of intent. I give you guys some examples of some letters of intent. If you drop us an email to info at cashflowguys.com, info, info at cashflowguys.com, in the subject line, put LOI or letter of intent. I'd be happy to email you back with a example of a letter of intent. I'll probably have these up on the the, uh, website in a couple of days. When we get the new website up and running, I'll have a letter of intent available for that as well. Which is the same as just writing an offer. And writing an offer is not a contract. That's correct. There is a difference. Yes. and, And that's the beauty of it. So they don't like the offer? Fine. No harm, no foul. That's right. Like I said in the previous episode, nobody's ever thrown a chair at me. I've never been shot at, at least by a home seller. Um, Been shot at before. That's a whole other story for another day. But um, get the offer out there. How do you know they're going to say no? You absolutely have no idea what they're going to say until you put it to paper. And that's the worst thing that can happen is they're just going to say no. Exactly. We bought a little mobile home, well, actually years ago. They were on the market for $29,000. I wrote them an offer. I had, I think, about $4,000 in my checking account. So I wrote them an offer for 3500 
Everybody told me I was an absolutely insane and people would freak out. Well, I wrote the offer. I licked a stamp. I dropped it in the mail. About four or five days later, I got a phone call and they said, when do you want to close? Yeah. Well, there you have it. You just never know. No, you'll never know the answer to the question unless you ask it. Right. And you got to get used to asking those questions. And that comes, that's our next topic actually is asking lots of questions. Yep. Get out there, talk to your team. You've already built your team by now. We've gone through these episodes. If you guys haven't noticed yet, the whole reason why we're doing this is we're mo- trying to motivate you to get out there and do what we're doing. Do the, make, do the things that we've done. Learn from our mistakes. And this is one of the things that we did that was very helpful is empowering our team. Put, harness the value of that team. You, know, you don't know how much it's going to cost for title insurance. Well, you pick up the phone, you call Kevin Overstreet at Insured Title. He can tell you title insurance quotes at any state in the U.S., any state in the U.S. He can give you a quote for the title insurance. He can even do the closing right. remotely. You can close by email. He can send a notary out to the seller's house. Kevin is a great resource for that. We'll get him on future episodes. He'll be out answering some title questions. He's a great friend of ours. Done a lot. He does all of our title work for all of our own properties and all of our clients' properties. He does just fantastic work. He's very thorough and he's a wealth of information. You have questions, you pick up the phone, you give him a call. That'll I'll make sure I put this contact information for his website on the show notes. And you know, you get those offers. It's great to write and practice offers, but you got to actually submit them. Yes, you got to submit the offer. We talked about writing the offer. Now you actually have to send it. This is where the boom comes because you just pulled the trigger. Yes. Yeah, and I've been guilty of writing offers and leaving them sitting on my desk. Yep. Yep. You, know, you got to get those offers out there, and then. More importantly, you got to follow up on them. Yeah. You know, when you get that offer out there, you pick up the phone and say, hey, this is Tom Smith, and I just sent over an offer. I want to make sure you received it. Right. Oh, yeah, I got it. Do you have any questions, or would you like I touch base in a couple hours so we can discuss it? Have that conversation. Have that dialogue. It's a way for you to introduce yourself once again, establishes a, good, a level playing field, and opens up an opportunity for dialogue. Yeah, and it's just that easy. You know, when we're making offers... You got to get used to no. We've said this before. Going to say it again. Mm-hmm. You got to get used to people saying no. Half the time, these sellers don't even understand the offers that you're sending over. They, they don't understand what their needs are. And that that's where being a pig comes in, being a professional information gatherer, a right. pig, professional information gatherer. Getting used to no, it's okay if they say no. And when they do say no, then maybe the next question would be, really? Why? why? Yeah, Why? Well, because of this, and more often than not, you will find it has nothing to do, in some cases, with the price. It may be with the terms. Well, I want to close a week sooner. Oh, okay, we can do that. Or I don't want all cash because I have. I don't. I'm concerned about paying capital gains tax, or I don't want to pay all the closing costs. I want you to pay the closing costs. Right. That's a really good point. Just because somebody says no doesn't really mean. No, all the time. It just means that's not the deal that they want. So as we talked about before, you don't find deals, you make deals. This would be making a deal. Correct. And this is, when you're writing offers, you're not flying blind because if you're writing offers, you should have already determined what the seller's pain is. Why are they selling? Mm-hmm. Your offer should heal that pain. When you write that offer, that offer should solve their problem. If it doesn't solve their problem, it's not going to work. So don't waste your time writing that offer. Write the offer. That solves the problem. That's the key. And that's kind of a good point. That's, that's part of taking action, though. You'd have to actually call them first, find out why they're selling, find out what their problem is, and then you can 
make a deal, create a deal, a win-win. That's correct. It's got to be a win-win. Now, what if, oh my gosh, what happens? Heavens to Betsy, you wrote an offer, you sent it over, you get a phone call back and they say, go, we, we're going with it. Ah, well, now it's time to freak out. Yeah, because guess what? <laughs> you don't have any money. <laughs> I've done this before, haven't I? Yes. Yeah, we both have. Yeah, I walked in the house one day and said, hey, I'm I'm short like $200,000. What do, you, what, what do we do? Well, now we have to go find the money. Exactly. Well, the deal made sense, so we found the money. Right. You know, that's the beauty of going back to the original part of the, of the episode here, attending networking events, attending the guru seminars. Exactly. All these people attend these seminars. They've, they they actually have the thirty, forty thousand, fifty, hundred thousand dollars to spend on education. Hopefully, you've talked them into otherwise to network with you. And now they maybe want maybe they want to invest in your deal. Maybe they'll help you out with the down payment. You can go to a lender. We had uh, Frank Cotto on a couple episodes ago. Uh, Lincoln Lending. He can turn you on to a lender in your state. He can uh, answer all your questions. That's what that's what he's out there for. That's why he's on my team. So I know if I need the money, I can either call Frank. I can call a bank. I can call any one of my investors. I don't worry about where the money comes from. The reason why I don't worry about that is because if the deal makes sense, the money is easy to find. I say this all the time, don't I, locally? Yeah, you do. And, you know, kind of tying it back to the networking events, too. You know, a lot of times you go, if you've never been, let me help set the scene. A lot of times you go there and they say, does anybody have a deal that they want to pitch to the, to the crowd, to everybody there? And that's a deal. Pitch it to the crowd. Then, then you'll find people with money. Yeah, that's an opportunity. Yeah, you put your opportunity out there and go from there. Because to, to you, it's a deal, but to somebody else, it's an opportunity, or maybe not an opportunity. It all depends. Most important, you you put it out there, and people say no. They turn their nose up at it. And they go, "No, I'm not going to invest in that." What are you crazy? Well, then ask. Really, why? Back to the same thing. That's what Jay tells us to do, and we do it, and it works. Yep. Really, why? why? Why won't you invest in this deal? Well, I because the loan-to-value ratios are off, or your after-repair value is too high, or it it's needs a, too much in repairs. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I don't know who the heck you are. Right. There could be a million different reasons. So get to the why. Why won't they do it? What is the no? What's the reason? Maybe you can restructure the deal and turn that no into a yes. Correct. You're never going to know the answer to that unless you ask. you right. got to ask. Yes. And you know, if you don't find any money, say you have this deal, you can't find any money. Well, now what? Well, you know, that's where, that's where it comes back to asking the why you go back to the drawing board you get the deal to where it rewritten to the point to where it will get funded. Because I'm don't, I'm not going to sit there and believe that no deal, that there's a deal out there that can't be funded an opportunity that can't be funded. You just have to restructure it to a point to where it will attract funding or Go to other networking events. That's true. Spread the word a little farther. Spread the word. Spread the word. And frankly, if nobody wants to invest with you, you're new, they don't they don't trust your experience level, maybe you should wholesale that deal. Sure. Take a $5,000 assignment fee. That's better than nothing. Sure. So, you know, there's all kinds of options available. You learn by failing. That's how you learn. You don't learn by your successes. Well, that worked. Great. Well, the next deal is not going to be exactly the same. So the only way you're going to learn is by having that conversation with yourself. Well, I'm not going to do that again. Right. You know, <laughs> I, 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 that didn't work so well. <laughs> right. I didn't ask any questions. I just threw an offer out and they never responded. Well, that tells you right there, there's a failure moment. You failed. Mm-hmm. Now you know that you, you need to do something different. Right. You got to get back on that horse. You got to do something different. I got to, you know, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. The benefits of waiting 
Jill, what are the benefits of waiting and writing off or just waiting to see? Zero, none, nada. You know, if you get out there, don't wait on the market. If you wait for prices to go down, and I hear this a lot lately, right now our market is on fire in Florida. Everything is, prices are through the roof. Yes, yeah. yeah. Properties are going on the market. There's scarcity mentality going on. People are overpaying for properties. They're sending out offers that are just ridiculous. You got hedge funds that are under under the wire to put their money out in the field. Properties are selling at ridiculous amounts of money. I got investors that are paying, they're wanting to write offers for $125,000 for a house that'll rent for 700 max. And I'm asking them, no, what are you doing? Stop, you know, stop. What are you, what are you thinking? And they think they're making money. They're, they're willing to, to pay whatever it is to win. Yeah. But, uh, but like you said, don't wait, don't wait on the market. There's deals in every market. Yes. And this, you know, the foreclosure market, everybody thinks that a foreclosure is a great disc, a great deal. Well, it's not. Because a foreclosure gives the impression of a deal and it attracts everybody that has the impression that it's a deal. We set bank-owned open houses to meet buyers. We do that because people come there thinking it's a deal. Right. And then they find out that I tell them one thing I tell them flat out when they show up is you do realize that foreclosure properties in this area sell for between 100 to 115% of asking price. Yeah. And then they go, really? But this has priced exactly the same as the house next door that's moving condition. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And people do this all day long. It's these emotions. They're the, it's an emotional buyer. Well, it's fear of loss. They don't want to. They don't right? want to take the chance of losing out on an opportunity. So they'll buy anything just to quote unquote get a deal. That's not a deal, folks. Deals are made. Deals are not found. Right. If you were in a bidding scenario. Think about that for a second. You go on eBay. You won the auction. Did you absolutely get the best best price if you're if you're bidding against other buyers? Well, at, at some point, emotion, emotions are going to kick in. They are. Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Maybe you'd be looking for properties that nobody else is bidding on, and then you just get an extremely low bid, and great, that's outstanding. But if you're competing against 20, 30 other people. Maybe you need to ask yourself, maybe this is the property for me. Maybe I should be out focusing on finding problems, not properties. Right. Another thing that we learned from Jay, finding problems, not properties. Don't get into bidding wars. Just yeah. don't do it. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. You know, it, if, if, if you don't write the offer, nothing good's going to happen. Right. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. And by not when you don't write an offer, you might be in this whole another phrase that we use is analysis paralysis. Yeah, you don't want to get stuck with, and I, I'm I'm a victim of this. I I love the numbers, and I can sit here on my computer, and I got all these fancy software programs, and I can run scenarios upon scenarios upon scenarios, and cash flow diagrams, and I just think that's the coolest thing ever. But half the time, that slows me down from writing the offers. Yes, you have to take action. And I'm the guy. I can half the time. I can do the money. I can do the math in my head. I can whip out my cell phone and my 10B2 calculator, and I can tell whether it's going to make sense or not in about 30 seconds. I well, do right. The, the quick test. You learned your marketplace. Yeah, I know my marketplace. I use the 1.5 method, and for us, the way we calculate it is we take the rent, the monthly rent, divide that by 1.5%. That tells us the max purchase price we should be able to buy the property in. It's a quick test. We do it driving down the street. Correct. We can look at a property and go property, two bedroom, one bath properties in this neighborhood rent for seven fifty. Right. Seven fifty divided by one point five percent equals blank. That blank fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is right now. I'm not thinking it's not 
in my head at the moment, but uh, the you do that math, if it's priced at $70,000, well, now i got to think to myself, is it even worth it? Right. Is, this house is turnkey. I don't see a problem. It's listed by a realtor. Well, I'm probably going to pass on this one, unless I know the agent. But in my case, what I'll do is we'll pick up the phone, we'll call the agent, have a conversation. First thing we ask him is, why are they selling? Right. What is the answer usually? Crickets. Because listing agents don't ever ask these questions. They're not pigs. They're not professional information gatherers. They go in, they tell the, the, the sellers what they think they want to hear. They give them, we'll give you the best price for your house. And look at all these initials and acronyms and letters behind my name. And I'm a PA, which is, a, it's a tax favored scenario. That's all it is. It doesn't mean you're like an attorney or anything for gosh sakes. But I'm Tyler Chef PA, XYZ, <laughs> PDQ, right. I, you know, whatever. They don't get to why the sellers sell. They don't care. No. They don't, they don't even know to ask because that's not taught in real estate school. That's why you really need to be seller direct or working with an agent that's not afraid to go seller direct. Now, what I do for my clients, and Jill, you do for yours as well, is we pick up the phone, we talk to the agent, we try to get the agent to agree to let us present the offer, and we'll make it as a condition of the, of the, of the offer that we present it in the presence of the listing agent. Yes. Because we can, that way we can better present your wishes and, and needs to, and that offer to the seller directly. We're not going to rely on the listing agent to do that. They don't know you. They don't know why you're buying. And they're not going to be able to tell that by that seven-page Florida State contract that you signed. Nothing. All they're going to do is go directly to the price. Mm-hmm. And that's all. That's the only merit that your offer is going to wear, that your offer is going to garnish. So you got to get seller direct. And right. I know that a lot of people don't want to get seller direct. Well, take action. Pick up the phone. Call us. Mm-hmm. We'll get seller direct. I don't care if it's listed with an agent. Trust me, I'll figure it out. We'll get on the phone and make it happen. Yeah, definitely. So then the next thing, you know, since we've talked about this before a little bit, I think in other podcasts, the definition of insanity. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I used to say this a lot. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. If you're sitting on your duff doing nothing, complaining about who may or may not get elected president or how high your taxes are or how mean your boss is or how little you make or anything else that's going on in your world, then nothing's ever going to change. You absolutely can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to actually take action to make the changes. Yes, massive action, not just regular action, massive Massive action. action. Yes, that's correct. So when one of the ways you can do massive action and make changes is you can have an accountability partner or a mentor to help you with uh, maybe committing to certain tasks that you're going to accomplish in a week. Yeah, that's been huge for us. We're each other's accountability partners, and, and that's why we offer mentoring to some, to some people that we feel are qualified, people that we've, we've vetted them, and we're absolutely sure that they have the ingredients to do the work. They're willing to do the work. Yeah, they're serious. They realize that this is not a get-rich-quick. They're willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen to those very select, very few people. We will take them on as a, as a mentor-mentee relationship, but there are so far and few between. Yeah, they really you know, are. Because most people, they, they just think there's some secret sauce, and can I buy your course? Well, no, because I don't have a course for sale. I could direct you to some courses, <laughs> but you can't buy my course. Because right. I do things a certain way, and that's a collection of several different ways, and it may not work for you. And if you're not the type of person that's, that's going to take massive action, you're not going to be accountable for your action, 
then there's nothing I can do for you as a mentor to help you accomplish what you need to do. If you're not going to do the work, you're wasting your time having, having us work as your mentors. It's not going to work. Right. Or your accountability partner because you just wind up getting mad at us. You know, the bottom line is tomorrow is too late. Correct. You know, you have to do it today. You have to take action now. Yeah, now o'clock. Yes, you absolutely have to do it right now. Also, change your mindset. Change is for the better. Change always can be for the better. It can be hard. It can be difficult. It can be scary. And, you know, we use, we've both read and we read this over and over again. Who moved my cheese? And it escapes me at the moment. Who, who wrote that, Jill? Spencer Johnson wrote that. Okay. And what was your takeaway from Who Moved My Cheese? I loved that book. It's a very short read. It's a great read. Uh, my takeaway was, is you, again, it's kind of like the definition of insanity. The, the idea behind the book is, is there's a bunch of mice and they're eating the cheese and the cheese disappears. They need to figure out where did the cheese go, but they keep coming back every day to the same place. There's no cheese. So they're trying to figure out who moved the cheese and where did it go. And, you know, they finally figure it out or one of them figures it out and they have an ab abundance of cheese again. And that's exactly what's going on in the marketplace right now. I went to one of our local RIA meetings a couple weeks ago, and the wholesalers are standing around twiddling their thumbs. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what to do. Right. They don't have any inventory. They got nothing to sell. Right. A couple of them do, but most of them don't. Right. And they're all starving. They're, they're wholesaling each other's stuff. Yeah, their cheese is moving. They're wholesaling to wholesaling to wholesaling to wholesale. I mean, talk about daisy chain. They got 16 people involved in, in an opportunity, and nobody even knows who the end buyer is. It's ridiculous because their cheese is all over the map. Mm -hmm. Inventory is right. low right now. The market's hot. They don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. They're sending out postcards. Well, the phone's not ringing enough. Or the sellers are getting tons of postcards and properties are getting bid up. Yeah. So you have to position yourself to change. You got to take some action. Position yourself to change. And we come away from the one thing. Gary Keller and uh, Jay Papazan, I think it is. Right. The one thing that was a great book for me, uh, it, 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 the premise of that book is what's the one thing I can do today that will change what I'm doing, change where I'm at, change my life, move forward. Then, then tomorrow, what's the one thing you can do tomorrow? That was a big help for me because it's doing what we do. You can get very easily overwhelmed. There's just so much going on from day to day. And I have to, I tell myself that quite often. It's like, what's, what's the one thing I can accomplish today? One thing, just, just one. Am I going to plan a podcast episode? Or am I going to write five offers today? Am I going to call somebody for some reason? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the, what's the one thing today? And I'll go through that every day of the week. What's the one thing? And if I've accomplished that one thing, then great. Off we go. And you can walk away from that day with a feel good. You know, I did it. I did the one thing. That's correct. Now, when you write these offers, and I know taking action, you've gotten to the point you're going to write the offer. Remember this. Don't get all worked up about it. And I know it's stressful, but, you know, what is an offer, Jill, to us? What was the one thing we tell ourselves over and over and over again? It's absolutely true. It's an invitation to negotiate. That's it. Yeah. Someone's got to take the first step. Right. Someone absolutely has to take the first step. Otherwise, nothing's going to get accomplished. That is critical. Yes. People have their house for sale. They're not going to offer you a deal, you have to offer it to them. 
Bottom line is, you're not happy with your current situation. You absolutely must take massive action to change it. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this podcast. We want to get you guys out there in the field, doing the work, making it happen, being successful. That's why we're here. We put this together for you, for us. It motivates us. We want to motivate you. If you have questions, please, by all means, reach out to us via our website, cashflowguys.com. Send us an email if you want to get together for a consultation. 30 minutes on the phone with Tyler. That's me. And you can email us at info at cashflowguys.com. That's info at cashflowguys.com. Hope to hear from you. If you have some show ideas, some certain things that you want to hear about that matter to you, then please drop us an email. Give us a call. Let us know. We're here for you. This show is for you. See you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.